Welcome to the Subway Station Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Chernin. Today, Nolan Sullivan is joining me once again. How are you doing today? Having a good day. How about you, John? I'm doing great after that big Mets win. Of course. It's been a, it's been a good day. It's been a great week. Uh, the Mets yeah. have had a great start to the season. Um, 10-4, and four, could not ask for anything else. Um, Buck Showalter has proven that this team is winning because we have a real manager, not uh, someone like Louis Rojas who has no clue, uh, not, you know, some um, big hands, Mickey Calloway. Um, you know, you can clearly tell that this is a new New York Mets. Yeah. Um, you can just tell that Buck makes all the difference. You know, we won today with Buck, and yesterday we had that very frustrating loss without Buck. So it kind of just comes to show you how much of a difference he makes. Agreed. And he's a no BS kind of guy, which is good. Perfect for this team. And um, you and I have an experience that we're going to share with you guys today in this episode. We went to the Mets home opener uh, the 15th, which happened to be Tom Seaver Day and Jackie Robinson Day, yeah. uh, as well as the home opener, as you know. Um, it was a great game. They did a great job with the ceremony, uh, with the statue. Uh, everybody had a great speech. Yeah. Um, you can clearly see in the ceremony how much Tom Terrific meant to the franchise. I mean, you know clearly because the dude's nickname was the franchise. Um, so very happy that they did that right. They honored him well. Uh, and the way they combined it with Jackie Robinson Day could not have been better. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just so many people there um, that was wanting to see the unveiling of the statue. And I was trying to get a, a good look. And but once again, there was just too many people just wanting to honor him, just wanted to be there for that moment. So I still was able to um, just witness the crowd reaction and see a little bit of it. And it was just, it was a great day all around and it was a great ceremony. Yeah. Um, I got there about a half hour before, was able to sneak my way in. I got a pretty decent view. Obviously couldn't see everything there, but um, there were a bunch of former Mets in attendance. One of them being Mike Piazza. He had a great speech um, like he always does. Uh, he said a lot of great things, and I, I think that you could take it all – you could take everything Piazza said in and be like, you know, you can clearly see what Tom meant and how he was being genuine. He told an interesting story about um, when Tom Seaver threw the final pitch at Shea Stadium. Uh, Piazza kind of had to help him a little bit with the pitch because, let's face it, it wasn't a perfect strike. And uh, the home opener the following year when they opened up City Field – uh, Tom Seaver said to Piazza, okay, you're coming over to the bullpen. And he warmed up in the bullpen before his first pitch because that's how much he wanted it to be perfect. He was so uh, hyper-focused on perfection and doing everything the best he possibly could. Yeah. Um, that's just how he was, you know. He was, when he was a pitcher, for us, he just he wanted everything perfect he perfect he wanted to be terrific that's why you know that's his nickname and um you know that's just the type of guy he was he carried that out uh as well post-career with gts vineyards he was also a great broadcaster um you know you and i were not alive to see him pitch 
we weren't even born yet. It was like a decent, uh, let's just say 30, 40 years, uh, from his retirement to, uh, the year we were born, maybe like 20 something years. Uh, he retired, he officially retired in 87, but, um, still the impact is there. And I've seen many Seaver starts, um, reruns and all that. And just a great day that he, he was honored and Jackie Robinson day. They did that. Well, um, they had one of the different qualities, one of the nine qualities, uh, come out with a member of the starting lineup. Uh, what did you think of how they honored Jackie Robinson? I thought it was the icing on the cake for um, just the perfect day that it was with, uh, you know, us um, remembering uh, Tom Seaver. I feel like Jackie Robinson was just the icing icing on the cake. And I thought that, I thought they did a great job, you know. Um, they just represented him well. I'm pretty sure they had uh, somebody from his family members, uh, somebody from his family speak. At yeah. the game, if I wasn't mistaken. So, um, it was just a great way to also remember Jackie Robinson. Just two greats in the game. And credit to uh, whoever it is, the New York Met organization that does those videos. Their tribute videos for Tom Seaver and Jackie Robinson were terrific. Yeah. Uh, not a pun on words. But uh, they did a fantastic job with that. And you can tell... Steve Cohen's a baseball fan because of the way he handled it. He knew exactly what he was talking about, what he was doing. Unlike the Wilpons who got booed. Yeah, I agree. Can't say they didn't deserve it. Now, as far as the game goes, we saw one hell of a game. Chris Bassett pitches, you know what off. Um, Mm -hmm. Francisco Lindor uh, basically gave the middle finger to all the haters. Uh, He notched two home runs (laughs) and, um, don't you know, Robinson Cano, he hit a home run. And um, by the way, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. I've personally forgiven Cano. I think that, you know, Robbie can still hit, and the way that we're using him right now is perfect for the team. And he certainly makes the team better than worse. Yeah. Um, Robinson Cano, I I was I was always a fan of Robbie. You know, I always wanted him to succeed in a Met Me uniform. Too. He's, but you know, obviously he's had his up and downs with the organization with PEDs and just like having that below average year, his first year with us. Right. So, um, but I always wanted to, to see him succeed in this uniform like he has in the past. And right now it's, it seems like he's showing that he could still, you know, be a top dog on this team, even with his age and even being, you know, a, a veteran. And proving to a lot of us that he's not a bench He'll be the everyday starting uh, nine. I agree. And when you think about it, you know, someone like Robbie Cano has the veteran leadership. Adding his veteran leadership as far as the uh, everyday players go. And then you got um, on the pitching staff, you got uh, Max Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco, and Chris Bassett all veteran pitchers that know what they're doing and can help the McGills, the Petersons, and the rotation. Yeah. Uh, on the rotation side of things, I've been so impressed with the way the pitching staff has uh, commanded themselves this year. Uh, we know that the only one that really uh, – well, he had one bad outing was Chris Bassett, and I'm not freaking out over that. Yeah, neither am I. Um, we all know Chris Bassett could ball. 
He is yes. um he's a stud on the mound. You know, he doesn't have that velocity, but he just has that nasty cutter to with that three mile an hour curveball, twenty mile an hour difference from his fastball. He he knows how to pitch. He can hit his spots. He's just a great pitcher all around. And like you said, he's a veteran that, that could help the young guys. Um yeah. I can't wait to see how this rotation could do when back. Um I was talking to my mom's fiance and my mom's fiance actually thought that when the Grom comes back, Scherzer is still gonna be the number one pitcher. And I'm just now that, that got brought up to me, I just I'm thinking really is gonna be the case or is the Grom gonna immediately go into that number one starting rotation uh starting uh spot again. Yeah. Well you gotta think that Buck wants to preserve DeGrom as much as he possibly can. Yeah. So uh, DeGrom, when he comes back, will only go four or five innings at most. Uh, so I would agree that Max Scherzer will still be number one when Jacob DeGrom comes back, uh, if and when. Uh, the other thing, too, you got to uh, you look at is just the way that this team blends. With the team that blends now, it's excellent. But when we get the Grom back, it'll be like a trade deadline acquisition by that mm-hmm. time. And uh, there's really nothing to complain about in that sense. And, you know, we got the starting pitch, pitching depth so that when Taiwan Walker comes back, uh, there's no concern. And we could always throw Peterson in that spot. We can throw uh, whoever in that spot. We know that it's next man up. Who's going to get the job done today? Yeah, I mean, this this team's a lot more balanced, and it's it's really just it's a fun to watch, you know. Um, last year, I feel like our problem was, you know, everybody's trying to hit a home run these days. Nobody really wants to try on a base. Everybody wants to have those flashy numbers like home runs and RBIs. When now we have um, two people like who we brought in, like Eduardo Escobar and Starling Marte trying to get bases and really good contact hitters and really just abling the uh able to put the ball everywhere on the field so having that power to supply where they could also hit the ball pretty pretty far as we've seen so far in the first 14 games that season um it's just it's good to see finally a nice balance in the offense it's really fun to watch especially yeah. when every time you see Marte at first, you're like, oh, he's going to go. He's going to go to second. Automatic runner in scoring position. It's just – it's fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, basically the way that uh, they're thinking about this is, okay, they're trying to hit – they're trying to play home run derby. But we're trying to play old school, quality, small ball baseball. And, you know, that's how you win ball games. It's not who's going to hit more home runs. It's who's going to score more runs, who's going to get on base, who's going to drive in the runs. You know, the, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. And you look at other teams, like, I mean, it's impossible to think that, you know, we can't compete with the Dodgers and we can't compete with the Braves and we can't compete with those other top teams because, to be honest, we can. And Buck, uh, he'll outsmart them because, to be honest, Let's compare Dodgers and Mets. Dodgers may have the better lineup, obviously. But uh, you think about Buck Showalter versus Dave Roberts. Who do you think's better? Um, 
they're both of them are very good managers, but the way it's, I mean, the way it's going right now, I'm going to have to say Buck. So Buck's just, Buck's just more of an impact manager. He, he sticks up for his guys. As we've seen, he, uh, he's just you know, not having him really would hurt. As we've seen when he didn't manage that game last night, it really hurt. And we didn't make good decisions, you know, a team in general last night and we just turned it right around today when buck was was managing for us um and just piggybacking what you said um a minute ago saying how um we couldn't compete with dodgers we could compete with the dodgers and i don't really i find that silly for people to say that we can't exactly because we have we have talent we have a lot of depth in our um in our hitting and a depth in our rotation. So really like what I mean like what you said, next man up. Um, yeah. You know, I, I didn't even realize, you know, Taiwan Walker's still out, so is Jacob DeGrom. And we have the the uh the lowest for starters so far. And yeah. having our one and two out from last year. It's, yeah. it, it, it shows that, you know, we got that next man up mentality. And I saw a stat earlier this week saying um, the Mets have the most bunt hits. Yes. In the league, like, that's tied for it. Um, again, that shows that we're fine with not doing all the flashy stuff. We could lay down a bunt. It's almost like what the Royals were doing to us in 2015 in the World Series. They were playing small ball. That's how they won against yeah. us. Um, we're doing the same thing now, and we're winning. Yeah. So it it's comes to show you small ball is very effective. It's a very effective way to play the game. You know, I couldn't have come up with a better example myself uh, comparing it to 2015. Uh, the Mets, uh, the 2022 Mets compared to the 2015 Royals. Um, very similar in that sense. And a lot of people are blaming these losses that we've had, only four, by the way, uh, on our catcher, James McCann. I don't think it's fair to blame on one player. I don't think it's fair to boo because, personally, I don't know about you. I boo uh, situations. I don't boo players. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't boo players either. I think that everybody in this organization matters. And yeah. everybody's everybody. I mean, I also think everybody needs to perform. You know, right. I think James McCann is, you know, last year and right now has he hasn't shown enough for what we're paying him. So that's why people are booing him. But also at the same time, he's part of the organization. He's somebody that's going to start seventy five percent of the time for us. So we need to we need to stay behind him. We need to give him all the confidence in the world so he can go up the bat and start raking the ball. You know, exactly. he's, slashing, he's slashing like third right now, uh, and his on-base percentage isn't great. But, you know, it's very, you know, we're it's only 14 games in. He, he turned it around. I hope he turns it around. Uh, and if Buck decides to bench him, then, like we said, next man up mentality with Tomas Nito. Tomas Nito today had a great game. Pretty sure he had a sacrifice fly. Yes, you know, he did. Good game. So, you know, James McCann didn't play today, 
and Tomas Nito did pretty well. Um, so James McCann has to be thinking, all right, I can't lose my starting spot. I have to work harder. I have to work. I start performing like I did on the White Sox. Yeah, and by the way, James McCann, he works just as hard as the next guy, maybe even harder. Um, he wants to succeed. And if you think that these guys don't want to succeed, you're you're an idiot. And um, the thing, when you think about it, about guys like James McCann is, you know, a lot of people say, well, he grounds out all the time. Yeah, that's true. But there's such thing as a productive ground out. Like, that's the thing people don't understand. Uh, let's just say you ground out, right? But you advance a runner. You still got the job done. Mm-hmm. Um. That's go to say striking out looking is not a productive at bat. It's actually quite shitty. And um, really in the grand scheme of things, something like that can be seen as embarrassing, especially the amount that someone like him has done. it. But, you know, you got to root for your guys. Uh, if they're in the orange and blue, I'm cheering them. Couldn't have said it better. better. Um, you know, James McCann. He has that dog mentality. Yeah. He's, he, he's going to work hard, and now he just needs to show it on the field, you know. Um, obviously, striking out looking, not a productive out, but, like, him, uh, you know, hitting a fly ball to center field uh, with a runner on third, that's a productive out. Um, runner on second, hitting a ground ball to the second baseman, that's a productive out. It's going to bring in a run, depending on, well, obviously, maybe – Maybe not. Maybe most likely it will. Um, but like you said, there's productive outs and RBIs come with it. So um, I think if, you know, if he's still in the jersey, we got to we got to cheer him on. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, there have been a lot of players in the past year that have been booed a lot, like Francisco Lindor. Uh, who do those idiots think they are now? Look at how he's hitting. Like, you're booing Francisco Lindor, calling him a waste of money. Well, look what he's doing now. He's proving you wrong. Now, now you can't even take back what you said because you spent an entire year sounding like a fool bashing him. Yeah, I mean, Francisco Lindor is raking. That's the least of it. He is He's playing. Obviously, he's going to play well defensively. We know he's one of the best defensive shortstops in the league, if not the best. The best, and yeah. he. Is perf- and he's hitting like he is the best shortstop in the league right now. And some people th- might think that's a hot take, but right now he is performing better than almost every shortstop in the league. Statistically, that's correct. Yes, statistically. Yeah. Um, so it's I, I love that he is finally over that one year, I mean, that one year New York hump, and that people are starting to. Cheer, cheer on. I mean, cheer him on. So it's it's just makes me happy. <laughs> me too. And uh, when we look towards the future, there are some players that I think legitimately can withstand what they're doing now. Um, I definitely think Lindor's one of them. I think um, even though Tyler McGill didn't have a good last outing, I think Tyler McGill is going to still be a key piece this year. And Oh, I think he's honestly going to turn himself into a solid number three. Obviously, we know he's the number one in the rotation right now because he got the opening day game. But um, 
I think he's a three on most rotations, looking at the way he's pitching now. Him and Cookie are both honestly outdoing themselves. I thought yes. that Carrasco might not even have gotten a starting uh, role, and he is just playing out of his mind right now. When he came back from his injury last year, you know he he wasn't pitching that well. He no, didn't have he those. Wasn't. He would have those two or three inning outings with like four runs already given up, and right now um, he pitched today. Am I wrong in saying that? Right? Or did he pitch? Uh, uh, he he pitched today. Yeah. Yes, he pitched today. Sorry, I couldn't watch the game. I had baseball, but it's all good. Um, he he how one or two runs did he give up? Two. I know. Um, he in the eighth inning, runs. he get, in the eighth inning he gave up a home run. Uh, but we're talking about a guy that pitched seven point two innings, mm-hmm. and and yeah. it's not like he's a young arm. No, he he is a big veteran, and the fact that he could go that long, and with like his arm feeling good with no injuries, shows that you know he still has it in him, which is good. Yeah, age wise, he's pretty close to Max Scherzer, who, by the way. Uh, he had his welcome to New York outing earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking about that night, that was it was so much fun to watch. I was counting the outs, hoping for a no no. Yeah, I was I was watching it, and I was praying to God that we that he would be able to get a no no. And then I saw him start to lose a little bit of control, and I was like, "All right, let's see what's going on." And then I saw that little single and I was like, all right, there it is. But yeah. I I still liked how, you know, Buck kept him in the game for another inning. Right. Um, um and I liked that because he um he was up on the pitch count that inning where he gave up his right. first hit and he wanted him to go another one. He didn't want to f- he didn't want Max to finish on that on that shitty inning. He wanted right. him to finish on a nice clean inning, which I liked. So, and uh, it was a very quick inning. Uh, if you count the minutes, I'm guaranteeing it's under ten. And uh, he's going to be a bulldog this year. Um, you can put money on this right now. Not encouraging you to gamble, uh, because. <laughs> but what I am saying is that there's a really good shot that Max Scherzer is going to be very big in the playoffs for us. And I legitimately think that the World Series is a possibility if we have him. Uh, as our ace. Him and DeGrom. Um, toss Taiwan when he's back. Cookie and Tyler. And put Peterson as that long reliever in role. Is so solid. You know. Yeah. And you could even start Peterson. Say God forbid. Um, one of them goes down. So it honestly is picture perfect. If we could just stay healthy. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the biggest thing with the Mets the last five or six seasons, or sorry, like five seasons, have been just uh, struggles with injuries and just getting in those slumps. And I hope that, and I hope that, you know, all those are gone. I hope that we don't get any more injuries. Right. And when you think about it, we're probably, I'd say, one of the bigger antagonists in the game right now. Um, 
everyone's counting us out. Everybody hates us because of our owner. Um, Steve Cohen's one of those guys, if he's not your owner, you hate him. If he is your owner, big fan. And, you know, simply Steve Cohen's not going to, let's just say, uh, forfeit for anybody else. He's in this to win, and he's in it for this year. And uh, there's a legitimate shot that we win this year. And not to get too ahead of myself, but I am saying this is not like every year where we start off strong, uh, collapse in the summer. Yeah, it's always those brutal summers. Um, it gets rough. Um, I just, especially last year, I just hope that we could just keep it together. Yeah. Um, everyone on Twitter today was saying that the uh, this current team is giving them 2006 vibes, which when you think about it is a good thing. Hopefully we can go further in the playoffs than 2006. Mm. But um, there's a good chance. And from one to nine in our lineup, any of those guys can do damage. Yeah. Um, I think that um, – Luis Guillorme is a I lost you. It comes to hitting, he's he's a little bit of a liability in my opinion. Yeah. Um, um it's all that yeah. To be honest, we have eight other guys that can swing it. And if we need that one defensive guy in there instead of Robbie Cano, then so be it, you know. Yeah, and also, know, John, um, can you yeah. give me one second? I think my dad is uh, trying to talk to me, so just give me like twenty seconds. Yeah, I'll be right back. Um, so when you think about the Mets, uh, by the way, no one is talking to his dad for a second. I'm gonna carry this for um the remainder of the time until he comes back. Uh, this Mets team very, very promising, and uh, I wanted to say that. A one to five in the starting pitching rotation uh, can all do damage, and um, the lineup is looking solid. And the way Buck has been using it is really helping. Yeah, I'm back. By the way, so. okay, welcome back. Yeah, hi. Um, so we're at 26 minutes. We have a 30 minute uh time limit. Okay. So um, let's start wrapping things up here. Uh, so let's make a little bit of a prediction, and then we'll uh reassess as far as um, after these uh, few series are over. Do you think we're going to win uh, the series against the Diamondbacks? Yeah. I think yeah. that um, we're going to sweep them. I think that we're going to learn from the second game when we, when we lost to them, and yeah. we're, we're going to sweep them. I agree. What about St. Louis? It's tough because St. Louis is a scrappy team. They have they have a balanced lineup like us. Um, they got those power hitters like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Then they got those scrappy hitters like Tommy Edmond and Harrison Bader. I think it's either going to be uh, we win two out of three or we're going to lose one out of two or one out of three. And uh, ending it with possibly my least favorite team, the Philadelphia Phillies, who we're playing. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I think that we're going to win that series, too. I think that um, if if we end up uh, beating the 
St. Louis Cardinals in the series. I think that we're going to be able to keep our momentum through Philadelphia. And my, I don't think we're going to sweep them because it's very hard to sweep division rivals. I think we're going to win the series, though. I agree. And uh, we got a good April and a good May uh, schedule. So uh, that's something to be optimistic about. June is where things get a little bit tough. But um, there's no reason why we can't win those, um, those series. Now, thank you for coming on. Let's go Mets. Uh, now let's win more series and let's stay in first yep. place. Of course. I'll have you on next time. See ya. All right. See ya, John.